welcome to the Restart Radio Show, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we never focus on all those new shiny, shiny things to buy. Maybe except for today. <laughs> we focus usually on in this value and the stuff we already have. The Restart Project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and a happier relationship with electronics. And our monthly community electronics repair events here in London that we call Restart Parties are just the beginning. My name is Janet, and I'm joined by Ugo and Lauren, who work with me at Restart. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, and we've got a special... Uh, maybe shiny, shiny episode for you today. We're, but we always bring a critique. So when we talk about something new, something hyped, um, which we're going to do today, and talk about uh, something that you've, if you're if you're a Londoner, you've probably seen um, advertised all around town this season. Um, but we're going to bring our, as usual, our critical lens to things and try to learn learn a little bit more about voice controlled assistants. So many people have probably seen adverts in the tube, potentially on outdoor billboards and on buses for uh, Amazon Echo or Amazon Dot, I believe it's called. They're pushing um, a very small and very affordable, seemingly very affordable voice control assistant that is designed to sit in public spaces in your home, maybe in the kitchen or the living room, and where you can basically ask for help, make queries, and you take advantage of um, what what Amazon calls skills. So you can add little capabilities to this voice assistant. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the voice assistant um, uh, who's called, who, who goes by Alexa. <laughs> and I want to make a quick disclaimer. So uh, a lot of times when, when people talk about this product on the radio, uh, it tends to trigger devices in people's houses. So I'm just going to let you know now that we are going to be talking about um, a certain Amazon voice controlled assistant. And while we will try not to trigger her, <laughs> in this case her, and we will be talking also about Google's as well, potentially, um, you might want to turn off the, <laughs> turn off your voice control assistance during this radio show, just in case we make a mistake and we order thousands of um, uh, screw, screws to your house or screwdrivers to your house by mistake. Um, and I guess uh, you can probably hear from my accent that I visit the U.S. on a regular basis, and I've actually been exposed to these voice-controlled assistants a little bit more, I think, than a lot of people in the U.K. Um, people do tend to... So okay, so some people use Siri or, or Google's uh, voice control assistant. I mean, Ugo, you said you just tested it. Yeah, I mean, mostly I wanted to switch it off <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I don't need it, but I've seen relatives of mine that don't like to type messages so older people have actually seen that they enjoy yeah voicing their messages and seeing them typed in on their phone so yeah. it's relevant to a lot more people than we might think and lauren you you're an iphone user i'm looking at yours right now um have you ever <laughs> used siri at all no it's just one of those things i've never like i know she's in there somewhere but i've really <laughs> never felt the need i okay. guess yeah i'm a bit like ugo i went into disable um, and I'm going to say it now, so don't. I hope it doesn't set up any phones. But I, I disabled the Google. Well, I won't say the word, the um, <laughs> the the trigger word. <laughs> but um, I've disabled that function on my uh, Android precisely because I don't want it to be listening for that um, that phrase the whole time. 
Um, but I have it, I still have it, I mean, you can't really get rid of it. So I still have that little microphone, which I can press. And on occasion I do, I'm, if I'm really in a hurry in the morning and I want to know the weather for the day, that's, I mean, Google must be think, think I'm a really boring and sad person because I basically only press it to find out the weather or some other crucial information <laughs> while I'm running out the house. Um, but I, you know, reflecting on how people use these voice control assistants and having seen it, like in particularly in my family's rather chaotic so Southern California lifestyle, um, I can see that they are potentially useful. So, like, um, my brother has some kids, and you know, and it's this basically it. It, using voice control allows him to deal with like all different kinds of scenarios at once. So whether it's in the kitchen or in the car, or um, it does sometimes make things better and faster. Um, and I think part of the reason that we're seeing this massive Amazon uh, push in the UK, and they were trying to get it ready for Christmas this year here, like the release for the UK, is that it is kind of like a it's it becomes this kind of family moment when. You know, you can play 20 questions with Alexa. You can do, you can, you can tell Alexa to play Christmas music. You know, there's all these things that you can do that somewhat are good to introduce in, during a family time of year. Um, and, it, you know, I saw that definitely happen um, when I visited, you know, for the past couple of years. Um, in, so, so, so in the U.S., they've had them for quite a while. These, the Echoes are these rather large conical uh, gadgets that basically sit on a you know on a countertop or on a coffee table. Now they've put out this dot, which is really inexpensive. Um, Ugo, how much is the dot retailing for? Is it's it... something like forty yeah. pounds or thereabout. Well, we on the tube. It's uh, we we did a quick on yeah. yeah. Well, I was no on the tube. It's it's been it says the retail price is fifty quid, but uh, we've seen it cheaper online, yeah. available online. So the dot is kind of the big novelty this year. It looks a bit like uh, an ice hockey puck. Yeah. It's kind of quite small. Um, and then we're seeing also that um, uh, that there's like a new screen, uh, an, uh, an assistant with a screen. So it's called the Echo Show. And they're going to be pushing this in the U.S. Um, and I just think uh, I, uh, part of what I liked about these was that they didn't have screens. Yeah. So Yeah, I kind of predict they'll be less successful for that reason. I mean, mm-hmm. It just seems more threatening if you have a screen looking at you in your home the whole time. It's kind of more Orwellian. Yeah, it is. Even though we should already know that it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's listen, they're listening to us. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little bit skeptical about those. Um, so I guess the reason that we're talking about these today is because of the, the rollout in the UK. And the basically that, that, that for a long time there have been a lot of like really interested people around the world who really couldn't use this this technology because it was being sold only through Amazon US and didn't really um, help them get started. Um, and one thing I I immediately noticed when I started playing Twenty Questions with Alexa in the US was like how little she knew about the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would ask. Um, you know, you, you try and ask about, you know, to identify a person. And I would have a maybe like, let's, I mean, basically, Alexa only knew that Nelson Mandela existed. Like she didn't know about any other African head of state, African politician, African anybody. And I was really shocked by that one. Um, so now it appears that Amazon is trying to, well, become relevant in the rest of the world. So 
Lauren, um, here in the UK, with the release, they have localized UK skills. Mm-hmm. So, so and, and, and we're going to talk about this, but Amazon has a platform for developers so that so that people in different countries can start actually creating relevant localized skills and abilities for the voice control assistant. But what have you found so far that's kind of interesting in the UK? Did you find anything worth mentioning? In the skills, like the ones that are trending just really surprised me. There was one that was Boat Watch, I think that was number five, and it was, you know, tell me where this specific ship is in the ocean right now. So, um, I mean, I think because <laughs> that's it's so bizarre. Still, in yeah, the UK, that's trending, okay. Yeah, um, but... I mean, apart from that, it's sort of like, yeah, there's a number of Christmas ones as, you know, Alexa, kind of tell me a Christmas fact. And Okay, you probably just triggered some people. Oh, Alexa sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, one way of not triggering her is just to be polite and say, Alexa, please, <laughs> yeah. because that won't work. Yeah, I was so surprised to hear that. I mean, it's kind of, surely that becomes instinct after a while, once you start thinking of her as a real person. I mean, I'm, I'm already referring to her as her and I don't even have one. So. <laughs> yeah, in fact, we did a we did an episode on the gendering of gadgets earlier um, this year. So you'll we'll put a link. We'll, we'll definitely look that up if you're interested. It is slightly disturbing that she is by default a she. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what other what other things did you see? Did you see anything Ugo that was at all of interest to you well, in the UK? Um, I I haven't actually gone straight into what skills I could apply it for, but I've been shocked by how many there are i mean it's the the difference between um alexa and other systems uh is that uh they had already by june over 15000 skills while uh google uh had like 378 so it means that they've created something that's really becoming much more used and just to give you another reference like Cortana the the little brother that no one talks about poor Microsoft sorry about this <laughs> only had 65 and you know we were just uh, as an aside trying to clean up a laptop last weekend at the restart party and this Cortana kept trying to restart by itself and we we were going the extra mile just to, to shut just it stop off. it please yeah. don't yeah. pollute our laptop <laughs> but anyway so there's clearly some excitement in being able to create something with a tool, with a with a device that that is not just what the initial excitement was all about. Uh, you know, I had two uh, family members come from the U.S. when this thing didn't exist in Europe and bring in this mythical. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey device into our living room and they were just playing some songs and I'm like okay well I could do the same in many other ways it's not so exciting but the fact that you can build up a use specifically for your purpose I think that's what's exciting people and it fits within I mean I'm, I'm kind of stretching it but it fits within the maker's approach to like make the use of technology for your own purpose Except there is yeah, other so, implications. So Ugo was talking about how basically um, not only is Amazon um, putting out these devices into the world, but they're, in a sense, they're investing more in the the software and the the machine learning and the the voice recognition parts. So 
and, and they've opened up these tools to people that currently um, want to want to go and create new skills and develop on top of them. And they've also allowed other many. This is the game changer. They're allowing other manufacturers to use um, the platform. So to use their software, to use their services. Um, so we're already seeing um, cheaper versions of of well, of the voice assistants coming up from Chinese manufacturers um, who are using uh, the Amazon platform. Um, and in fact, I think I saw a version of the dot that's even cheaper and has more potentially more capabilities that was being advertised. So we're, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the business model that lies behind uh, Alexa and all of this. But um, in the meantime, we just want to talk a little bit more about the plans for expansion because it's kind of interesting. So the UK is um, is obviously featured big um, currently. So they're doing this rollout in the UK of the of the Echo and the Dot, but they have future plans for expansion, and they've already um, they've already released uh, uh, the Echo and the Dot, I believe, in India, and they've localized um, they've localized Alexa for the Indian market, and this is pretty fascinating. Just watching some of the videos and watching um, Indian people interact with Alexa, because I think. You know, so often the the online and digital tools have this have my accent. You know, they, yeah. and and people are kind of tired of feeling like they have to sound a certain way or or even write or speak in a certain way. So I watch people in India ask um, Alexa about Diwali and other like ask about the calorie content in various um, Indian delicacies and desserts, and um, and her voice is uh, well very different and sounds sounds pretty amazing um, for for um for indian users um uh, lauren where else are they planning on rolling out let's let's see here there's a lot of critique about how they haven't really um how they really haven't addressed like the european market as much um yeah well it says they've just released it i think it's like 80 more markets around the world in the lead up to christmas i mean that i'm not going to go through them that would take a while but um, yeah, they're not fully localized versions yet. It's just the they're just of... allowing people to go yeah. ahead and use it, yeah, yeah, to buy it and use it. Um, and so the skills and the localization are only happening for the for the key markets. Um, I believe Japan as well. I saw there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think so. This is this this question of localization is really interesting because it raises all these questions about just yeah, like. Um, about usability for different people who speak different kinds of English and accents and things like that. And I have the greatest story from my, um, I'm going to, when I go home, I want to see if my little nephew has figured out how to get exactly what he wants from Alexa, because <laughs> there were many sad scenes last year of, um, of my nephew trying to get Alexa to play Justin Timberlake and getting Engel Humperdinck instead. <laughs> As you can imagine, that made him really angry. Um, but what what are, what are people learning more about like language bias in relation to um, to Alexa, Lauren, you cited yeah. a, a Wired piece that's interesting about that. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of as you'd expect, it's sort of like the more m the more marginalized or smaller groups that you fall into, the m more difficult it is going to be for Alexa to understand you. So she's still, while she understands a range of accents, it's like um, the kind of more, yeah, and like particularly your accent is the harder it is for her to understand you, and there is still that bias. But, I mean, we watched some videos of different home speakers being trialled and, like, they were better than I expected, actually, you know. They kind of trialled them with really heavy Scottish accents and I, I'd sort of wondered about that. I wondered how my dad would do with it. I mean, his isn't particularly, like... <laughs> it's kind of softened from 20 years in Australia, but I had wondered that. And, yeah, they're pretty good at the moment. 
But I think it's kind of interesting because, I mean, obviously you speak in a particular way when you're talking to an item of technology that's trying to understand you and, like, thinking about how that might sort of filter down into into just, I don't know, language in general is sort of fascinating. Well, and the technology behind voice recognition is very com- complex. And um, I, I guess I almost wanted to make another disclaimer here, which is that I think all of us need to learn more about, um, well, deep learning, machine learning, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, and all of these different concepts. And in, in, in trying to understand better all of the different uh, services and software that are involved in this, I honestly couldn't find a simple explanation, a kind of a diagram of how it all fits together. But what we do know is that to get these things to work, you have to have a massive database of voices, of people. And the question is, who's represented in these databases? Um, and um, I suppose, you know, some of these companies like Google has a massive database. It's called YouTube. <laughs> um, you know, really, that's what they're drawing from. Um, I'm, I don't know so much about um, where Amazon gets, um, you know, has, has basically drawn all of its voice recognition software from. We're going to have to bring in an expert to talk about that. But it's a real, really interesting issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's also raising the issue of whether these proprietary systems are... I mean, it, whether that's the only approach that can work going forward. I mean, we've seen promising and also comical examples of alternatives at the moment. And there's certainly a good uh, system that Mozilla is developing with the Common Voice project, uh, where they're trying to create something that is becomes uh, released in the public, in the open. But we'll see. It's still something that needs a lot more work. So, yeah, um, in terms of in looking at what the alternatives are, so when we look at the big players in this field, we we basically see, um, like Ugo had mentioned, uh, uh, Amazon and Google are, are really up ahead, are ahead in terms of um, both, well, both the technology behind it, but also opening up their platforms. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that to to, to developers, and so that's one of the reasons that have been successful. But um, Mozilla is working on an alternative project to basically um, to create uh, tools for developers that are open source and that anyone can go and use, and that don't necessarily have to be centralized and pushed out through through these big companies. Um, and that brings us to the question of basically what is the business model behind these voice controlled assistants, and um, you know. It seems to me that there's an opportunity for some people who, like, that they present an opportunity for some developers and curious people to get started and to get interested and to figure out maybe how to, um, how to reach more customers, how to make more money. But let's look at the actual business model behind these devices. So they're currently being marketed for very low price, um, so low that it kind of reminds us of the Kindle when the Kindle was first put out. There was some question as to whether it actually paid for itself. And of course, the Kindle led you to a proprietor, a platform that was run by Amazon, where Amazon made the money and you downloaded from Amazon. Um, it also somewhat reminds us of like inkjet printers, right, Ugo? Yeah, in the sense that you know, you're know you not really buying the printer per se, but then you have to buy the ink, which is sold at champagne price. So it makes sense to put them all out there. And what you're saying about the Kindle is actually interesting how 
the Kindle then became an app for all kinds of other devices because in the end it means selling more books and that's a bit what's happening with the Echo mm -hmm. yeah, becoming so available Yeah, so Amazon elsewhere. is very clever. So, and one of the reasons that Apple is probably never going to have a hope of winning in this game is precisely because Apple doesn't allow other people to create hardware using their platform. So developers can go ahead and create apps for iOS, but no hardware manufacturer can go ahead and just make an iOS-enabled device, whereas this is what Amazon is proposing. Um, and, 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 and we have to ask questions about why. So like what, so if, if Amazon is putting out this heaps and heaps of basically almost, well, super subsidized hardware, um, why are they doing that? And we, and, you know, we've learned in the internet age to ask when something is suspiciously cheap or free, like where's you the money being the made? Product. Yeah, are we the product? <laughs> and so, you know, I don't think it's you know super paranoid just just to ask. Okay, so where's the value being generated here? I mean, are we the product? So when we're speaking to these uh, devices, like what is it that companies are learning, um, and not necessarily you know about you as the individual. Although there are some questions there. Um, in fact, Lauren, wasn't there a case where, you know, was it Alexa data was subpoenaed in a, in a was it a murder case? I think. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They were trying to get into sort of like, yeah, what should be recording in this room where the murder supposedly happened? I don't know if they actually yeah. used it in the end, but. But it's, it's an, well, I, I believe, but we'll have to look that up, that Amazon said that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, they couldn't, they couldn't access the data. Um, and there, but there are some real questions about like what, so what is, what is Amazon learning? And if Amazon is so ahead of the game um, within the other, than the other manufacturers, um, you know, what, what are the implications? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the implications are, I mean, as usual, we're, we're kind of shortcutting things for convenience. And yet that means that not just what we are searching becomes obvious, but the way we use the service to create something useful to us. And I'm sure at a personal level, that could be questionable, but at a societal level, it brings them so much ahead of the game that it poses question on them replacing completely the Google layer in a sense, because they end up as a company theoretically selling stuff to you, actually knowing a hell of a lot more about you than just your buying patterns. So it doesn't even matter that it's making it easier for them to predict when you're going to buy another physical good from them, but it's all the rest that's, that's becoming the real exactly. currency. It's, it's yeah. a, if, it, if it's really able to listen and learn from us so effectively, then in a sense, it's like it is the next Google or and more. And um, and my other question, though, is because, you know, Google. So the difference between Amazon and Google, at least at the outset, is that Google, when it became the killer, you know, search engine, it was over. It was around, you know, a, a proprietary algorithm and the trademark, you know, simple user interface. Right. That was the reason. Google, but 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 Amazon is putting out loads of hardware into the world. And I wonder about these uh, the Amazon Echo that I know, the one sitting in California, how many how many more years or days does it have? And or these little hockey puck dots that seem so cheap. I mean, wh when are we going to see them at a restart party? Will we be able to fix them? Are they essentially considered disposable? Yeah. Vehicle, um, yeah. I looked it up, actually. It turns out that the Echo itself is fairly repairable. And I fix its standards. It's 7 out of 10. So that's good. But yeah, the smaller they get, probably the less likely 
to be and repairable. that's just there. physical repairability sure. so we're always conscious that basically once um if, if manufacturers just no longer feel like supporting a piece of hardware with software and in giving it the security updates and everything else it needs it's it's absolutely able to just basically disable it by uh, remotely or by default by by not providing these updates so um and and in, it's worth noting that in the US Amazon has a take back service for its for its hardware so you can send back Amazon hardware um d- directly to them and they will they recycle it um in in the UK they 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 don't they are they participate in a producer compliance scheme um so basically they're paying for recycling via your local recycling center but they're not actually using their massive logistics network to take stuff back um which could be of interest i mean it should be of interest into the future um there's so also the, mm-hmm. the issue of um the sole business of skills in a sense it's the idea that you are teaching a skill to Alexa but basically she's learning about you as an individual and i find that i mean thinking back this is like you're not teaching them like they're really learning exactly how you think yeah. and based a very granular way based on all these different skills that people can choose so it, it's interesting well also they control what skills are allowed to be to be shared on the platform so a lot like the way the apple store bans certain controversial games or apps um in the end of the day as long as it's centralized as it is like um and as long as it we work through their platform they decide like what in the end so there's a really uh well i just think it's a very problematic potentially interesting area I, i guess the big question becomes also if the battle is between them and google i don't necessarily know who i'd like well, yeah. to win but it's also forcing us to think what what alternatives should we try to seek and that requires a whole other show i guess well but we did discover so just for fun we discovered that there is there was an open source alternative personal a voice control personal assistant um it's called mycroft um and uh it was designed i believe by a guy in the middle of the united states um it is massive physically massive still it's it's kind of slightly more physically endearing than the um the amazon version and um we were playing around a little bit with it in in the office on on one of the desktop computers um you can and 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 the, and the cool thing about mycroft is that it's much more customizable as it's an open source pro- project so you can change the wake word which is and you can kind of you can do a lot more with mycroft however um as it's open source it's really early days it it uses voice recognition you can choose which voice recognition service you might want to use um we didn't have much luck um really like uh, tell us ugo about what we what we learned messing around with mycroft well for example that very often uh, maybe it was my accent but not just my accent and it just kept saying that it was sorry and didn't understand didn't get that no matter how close to the microphone we were getting And, it also uh, thought we were I believe it thought we were in Kansas. Yes. And yeah. uh, also we learned that it likes musicals. Yeah. So we the, <laughs> the most successful thing that we were able to get Mycroft to do was to uh, sing us a song. So we got we found a video of it of of Mycroft singing. Um this definitely fits in the whole uncanny valley territory. So here we go. Sing me a song. 
I would be happy to sing for you. Raindrops or roses and whiskers or kittens, bright copper kettles and woolen mittens, brown yeah, so <laughs> I'm so, so sorry for it. It's like yeah. watching someone do an awkward Christmas performance at over dinner or something. <laughs> um, but it does. It, I think Mycroft the project flags up the importance of 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 understanding also how all of this stuff fits together and where where it's difficult for people to create open alternatives that o- are not owned by these uh, big corporations where they don't you know where they don't control the platforms that control everything. Um, and this is, I mean, hopefully we'll have to talk about this again in 2018 because yeah. this is a really cool topic. Just kind of, yeah, uh, voice recognition, artificial intelligence, all this stuff. I guess if you're shopping for Christmas, ask yourself whether you need any of this, actually, and where is your voice ending and all of your skills ending uh, once you start using them? Because most likely we don't know. Yeah, well, even with the open source alternative, it was kind of hard for us to figure out where exactly all the services were coming from. Um, You've been listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. We have some upcoming events for you before Christmas. Um, Ugo's going to tell you about them. Yes, if you're in London next Monday, the 18th, in Kentish Town, we have the final restart party of the year at the Kentish Town Community Centre from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. And in Florence, in Italy, in case you're listening, Sunday the 17th from 3 to 6 p.m., organized by the local Restarters Firenze Group. And you can find more on our website, therestartproject.org, or find us on Twitter or Facebook. And thank you to OptoNoise and Cassini Sound for our music, which was made with lasers, spinning discs, and discard electronics by humans. So thanks. Until next week. Thank you.